0: Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Cyclone Insider, powered by G-MIG's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. I'm excited because this is the last Cyclone Insider of the offseason. You ever think about that, Randy Peterson?
1: Absolutely. I count the days.
0: So we've got media <laughs> Vacation days. Vacation is over. Yep, We've got media days next week. We'll be in... Dallas. I don't know how we'll do the show next week. You guys will have to figure that out on, on your end, maybe flip flop with the Hawkeye guys. Um but we've and then you know fall camp will be starting up, so the season is upon us. We'll do a lot on uh, just kind of looking ahead to the big twelve season here. We're on until six fifteen. Uh Pete, how was your trip to Okaboji? Good time with the family?
1: Very relaxing. Yeah, exactly. And that Good. that's the key thing. Yeah, yep. it was relaxing. The girls and the granddaughter and the girls' husbands, you know.
0: Little girl like the uh, roller coaster. We do okay with that.
1: She's nine. She was going. To, she was riding the jet skis. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget the roller coaster. <laughs> well, yeah. She probably did that twenty or twenty five times. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah,
2: she's she loves it up there. I mean, she's a late kid. So.
1: And
0: Tommy Birch, you're not a father yet.
2: Not that I know of, <laughs> at least. Welcome no, to the program? No, yeah, we've, we still got a couple weeks to uh, to hopefully go. Good. Hopefully.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, so we're going to start off with some recruiting, though, right? Matt Bain joins us right now? Yeah. Matt, welcome to the <laughs> show. How are you tonight?
3: Good. How about you guys?
0: I feel like we're doing okay. I'm fired up because of the uniforms, and I'm I'm trying to contain uh, Peterson's excitement over here. Um,
3: are, are we fired up, though, because of the uniforms? Are we?
0: I love uniforms. I'm a big uniform guy, so I always am anytime you get alternates involved.
2: I, I love that I can write something really, really short that people are just going to go nuts about.
3: Okay. I can see that. I, I'm i worried that when Iowa State wears its black uniforms, people are going to mistake them for TCU.
0: Nah. Bingo. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. All right, now I know what Peterson and I will argue about <laughs> the lead off the six.
1: We- I want to know what Jairal Brock thinks of the new uniforms. There you go. boom. Matt, you're not doing your Good job transition. if you don't call him and get and and get his comments about about what you know how how about that being the factor that that not Nate shieldhouse not the fact that he can come in and play
3: right away, but it was
1: the new uniforms, right?
3: Precisely, precisely, I think they gave him the first sneak peek, and that's when he decided off. Right well, on. you see, i
1: there's a rumor going run he got to pick him out. <laughs> there were like ten ten mocks mock uniforms, and that he was, got to pick him out, and that
3: was the
0: tipping point,
1: boom, <laughs> well,
3: yep. that's, I mean they make these uniforms for the for the recruit. that's the number one thing,
0: yeah, that was an interesting um story, just the whole the Brock thing matt I mean because it it, it got interesting to me when Iowa kind of pulled out on him and it it really looked like it was probably going to come down to P.J. Fleck or Matt Campbell in reality because it didn't ever seem like Northwestern was serious because of the whole academic thing, which was, you know, we often mock because these guys are usually choosing because of a football program. But Brock, to me, seems like a really intelligent kid who made a decision not only based off of football but academics as well.
3: Yeah, I I would agree with that. He's been extremely methodical throughout this whole thing. Um, He was made sure he wanted to do all five official visits before Purdue and Iowa canceled him. So he was going to be diligent with all of those. Um, And every time I talked to him, he was always just very, very methodical. Sometimes he talked to prospects and recruits and asked, all right, why do you like this school? Why do you like this school? And you get, you know, two sentences that you somehow have to make a story out of that. But Darrell would just go on and on about each painfully detailing every single thing that he liked about each what he liked about the coaches what the pros and cons of each school so he's been smart throughout this whole thing Iowa State uh, was his end destination and he put a lot of thought to getting there
2: Matt you mentioned him wanting to to take advantage of all his visits one thing we constantly hear about when it comes to kind of these recruiting wars when it comes to Iowa and Iowa State is how adamant the Iowa staff is. Once you commit, you can't take any more visits. But it sounds like Matt Campbell kind of has a different philosophy when it comes to this, that he almost wants kids to go out there and keep looking and make sure they, they're they coming to Iowa State for the right reasons.
3: Yeah, that's, that's the methodology that they employ. I, I wouldn't put it on – on paper like Iowa does. Iowa doesn't really have it on paper, but they have it officially out there that there's a no-visit policy. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go out and say it, but if I were a coach, I don't think I'd want players committed to me visiting elsewhere. I mean, what's the point? If you're committed to me, why do you need to go out and see other places? Um, Might as well hold off on committing to me until you've finally made your decision, because I don't want you to make a decision that you're going to come back and regret later and then rescind your commitment. Might as well wait. So on a Cyclone Insider show, I might be unpopular saying that, but I kind of side more on the Iowa side of that argument.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Matt, because I've been kind of trying to figure it out myself. Why did Iowa pull out on him? Because Brian Ferentz came on here a year ago and talked about how every offer is committable and stuff. I mean, it seems like they kind of turned on that.
3: Everything I've heard is that they essentially got a silent verbal commitment from Tyler Goodson. Okay,
0: that makes sense.
3: Yeah, so they once they got him, they must have felt like he and, and Brock were on pretty even footing in terms of their uh, how they projected them at Iowa. So once they got him, they figured, all right, we're done with running back recruiting. Let let the rest of the guys know that they should look elsewhere. And so that's probably what happened with Brock. Hmm. I think people were surprised because at least in all you know the recruiting rating services. Brock is significantly higher than than Tyler Goodson. But that move to me made me think that at least internally, Iowa viewed Goodson and Brock on pretty okay. Hmm.
1: Okay. You know, Matt, the the whole thing about the, my biggest takeaway from this Iowa State recruiting class and, and and correct me if I'm wrong or correct me if you you know, just tell me what you think, but my deal is is that Iowa State is planning for the eventuality that for whenever David Montgomery is gone with, 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 with Jirel Brock with, and I can't wait to have a Brock hands off to Brock or Brock hands off to Brock, by the way, I cannot <laughs> wait for that, for that Brock Purdy handing off to Jirel Brock. But anyway, um, um, with Brock, with Breeze hall and, 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 uh, what's the other kid Leonard glass, well, they're, they're sure. setting the table there. They're behind David Montgomery and, and suspicion is that he's likely to, to go out. That's, Everybody's suspicion, I think, after, after, after this year is that, am I right or wrong on that thing? Am I reading too much into that?
3: No, you're right, and and the key for them now is keep them committed until they sign. Yeah. Sign early. Keep <laughs> all three, yeah, keep all three of them happy because when you've got three talented backs, you're going to be sharing the backfield. Uh, Leonard Glass is kind of a scat back, so he's he's his own little deal. He's a smaller, shiftier guy. Jarrell and Brees are both pretty much the same style of running back. Both. Great drains who can also make you miss in a phone booth, so they're very, very similar. So you've got to keep both of them happy. Now, if they are going to be happy sharing a backfield, then money. But so that's the biggest thing for me moving them forward. Uh, make them fall in love with the campus. Make them fall in love with everything at Iowa State, and fall in love with being part of a team backfield.
2: It sounds. It, it kind of sounds like all these running backs are. are, are- More kind of have that team first mentality almost, which kind of to me is kind of hard to come by when you're recruiting high school kids, especially when you're going through you know this whole process, which can be all about me, me, me. Am I wrong?
3: No, you're right. I I can't speak for Leonard because I don't know as much about him, but from talking with Recall's coach for a long time and then having several conversations with Jarrell. Both of them seem definitely like team first players. Um, so you're definitely right on there. Another thing that is interesting here is that Brees is on track to graduate high school early. So he's going to be on campus perhaps before Jarrell. Do we know if Jarrell is on track to graduate early or not?
0: I, I don't know, but I read a piece from his hometown paper, and it sure made it seem like it. I, it didn't come out and say it for sure, but it, he seems like a really smart kid who would probably have that option.
3: Okay, okay. Then that'll be another advantage for, for Iowa State to have them both on campus. I was thinking if it was just Brees getting on campus first during that spring, that might give him an edge, a small edge, albeit but moving forward. But if they're both on campus earlier then. One more thing for me, Bane. I'm
1: sorry. One more thing for me is, is that sure. um, another another of my takeaways is that is that if you ever questioned whether Nate Shielhouse can recruit, um, just look at the 2019 class. Right. Because um, he's got the running backs. He's got a couple other guys, and I know that that um, that Tyson started with the. I think Tyson was a starter on on Brock, and then and then Sheaos came in and 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 finished. But uh, nonetheless, this guy just this guy. If people wondered about whether he could recruit, because he didn't do a whole lot of it at Illinois. Um right. I I think that that for Matt Campbell to put. So much confidence in him it shows a lot. Number one, in Matt Campbell, and number two, of of Shea um Moxie out there among among the big boys. So, um, right, I thought that was and, interesting.
3: And Brock, who is the according to 24/7 Sports the highest rated mm-hmm. recruit ever of the Matt Campbell era, is a, a pure through and through Sheehouse recruit. Sheehouse was the guy who offered him at Illinois. He was kind of his pet project in terms of recruiting at Illinois. Then as soon as Iowa State hired him over, he was like, Jarrell, come with me to Iowa State. And this was really Shield House's main recruiting project, and he got a big-time win for Matt Campbell, the biggest win in Matt Campbell's history at Iowa State.
0: Uh busy month coming up in basketball, Matt. We know you'll be all over that, and um, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us.
3: Yeah, man. Talk to you, you
0: guys got anything, you got anything else for Matt, Tommy? That's good for me. Yeah, let right, him go. Thanks, pal. Have a great day. See you guys. All right, Matt Bain covers recruiting for the Des Moines Register. Yeah, um, what a – that that's a recruiting run right there that – Pete, I know you haven't been on the recruiting beat specifically really ever. Man, I don't remember anything like that, though. I mean, how many kids have they gotten over the last, like, three weeks? It's been pretty incredible. It's been well over half of their class.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not just, just um, guys to fill out rosters we've seen yeah we are beating we've real seen, programs. yeah we've seen how that goes yeah they're beating they're beating real programs and it's and it's but the key is is getting these kids to to sign in in december because if you don't get these kids to sign in december then you're really rolling the dice on mm-hmm. you know so i i yeah. I, I think that they've got to. the next step is to get these guys to sign that's a, a think wide must,
2: range too i mean you look at caleb johnson too, the juco linebacker yep, yep. too i mean you're not just looking okay a little ways down the road but also like okay come next season we're gonna have some pressing needs that have to be addressed
0: I um yeah I was, I'm glad that you brought him up I was as actually taken by that one as I was either the actually Hall probably moved the needle needle for me the most because I I think he could be a real David Montgomery type under the radar guy who wasn't necessarily as highly recruited but I feel like he's got a lot of that edge but man Talk about a guy who will probably make more of an impact from day one than anybody, and it's the linebacker, right? It's the Juco linebacker. He's being recruited to be Willie Harvey in 2019. Yeah. That's, that's how it. I read it, and, at yeah, least.
2: Yeah, and, that, and that's kind of what I thought, too. And you look at – I mean, the good thing when it comes to Iowa State and a lot of these Juco guys that they've gotten so far under Matt Campbell's tenure is they're not having to lean on them to play right away. I think that's something we saw – Kind of a big problem with kind of at the end of the roads era is you were counting on these guys to come in right away and fill those voids. And how many times have we seen, you know, look, it takes usually a half a season, maybe, you know, maybe longer for those to happen. Look at kind of some of the projects like uh like Matt Matt Leo, Camelo Tangamoa. Um, stuff like that. These are guys that now you can ease in. You don't have to lean on from day one.
1: If David Montgomery goes out after this year like like, like you know, like we're all kind of anticipating, then some, then there's going to be a freshman running back that's going to have to play right away. Somebody's going to have
2: to I play. I don't um, – but, uh, see, I'm not entirely sure about that because you still have Johnny Lang. Um, yeah, we forgot about him. Yeah. You, you, you still have Kanae Nwangu. I mean, both maybe, those guys yeah. maybe are – Maybe if they
1: can get by with two running backs, yeah. That'd be
0: great, and I, I think the message is that the—I mean that we've—we've seen it in the state so much, specifically over at the University of Iowa. You—you you can't have too many running backs, right? Because I, mean, I don't
1: <laughs> think they can. Yeah, I'm not sure two running backs is going to. Don't you think Iowa's just two running backs? I, I still look
2: at last year, how many running backs? I know that's Iowa what I mean. Had he, had to pull. All,
0: I'm planning yeah. to write about this next week significantly, but I, I still think we're in a transition year with that offense. I still don't think that we're going to in 2018. Specifically, see the what Matt Campbell wants Iowa State's offense to be. You still don't
2: have your long-term offensive line in. You don't yeah. even have your long-term quarterback. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who wasn't even going. I mean, you, yeah. you had no. Because
0: you 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 get what you get when you get here. I just used get three times in a sentence. Try and do that again. Then Park is kind of a band aid. You know, you bringing a guy like that. You just, you don't you don't know how that's going to turn out. It's a wild card. Kemp is another band aid uh, and. He just says he's a six-year band aid. Yeah, he's a six-year senior, yeah, but like, but they, but, but they never intended for him to right. be that guy. Is my point? They they never recruited Kyle Kemp and been like, this is the guy who's going to establish our offensive culture at Iowa State. And you look at some of the other guys, the Purdy's, the Real Mitchells. It, and then you look at how they're recruiting at running back and the size, the sheer size that they're recruiting at the offensive line. And I can start to envision a Colin Klein Kansas State type of offense at Iowa State that I don't quite think that you're going to have in 2018.
1: Here's and here and here's another aspect of of I don't think we of your your premise that we haven't seen the full Matt Campbell yet. Um, Matt Campbell's Toledo teams average 73, 74 plays a game. Iowa State's average they're not up there yet. They're not to that yet. So Toledo went. Went with a faster tempo. Mm-hmm. That's the Matt Campbell tempo. Iowa State's tempo has increased, but it ain't there yet. Me ask and I this. think that'll happen. Therefore, you're going to need a lot of player a lot of good players, because oh. those kids get tired playing somebody. Let me ask
0: you this, and
1: I haven't thought about it this way
0: because that's a great point, Pete. Do you think that is? Do you think that he intentionally slows the tempo down, knowing when I'm at Toledo, I have more talent than pretty much anybody else in the MAC, so I can go fast. And do you think he wants to slow the game down with Iowa State? I don't State? think he wants. I've
1: never talked to him about this, but I don't think he wants to slow the game down. I don't think they intentionally slow the game down, but I think I think it slows down because these kids are still in a learning process. Yeah. They're still in a transition, and it takes it's taking a little bit of time. Interesting you know, I, stuff. I would
2: think based on how your team is shaped right now, you do want to slow it down because it's like Chris said, where there are so many unknowns with offense right now. And you look at the defense, okay, that's your strongest suit right there. And the one known commodity, I don't want to say one known, but your best, most valuable asset when it comes to that offense is David Montgomery. It's a good conversation,
0: fellas. Glad to be talking football. I can't wait. Uh, Again, Pete and I will be at the uh, Big 12 Media Days next week, so there'll be a lot of good stuff to talk about coming off of that. We have more Cyclone Insider coming up. We are on until 6.15 tonight. And uh, we'll talk some Big 12 football. And i got to get Peterson's take on the new uniforms. We'll do all that here coming up on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-MIG's 5th Street Pub on
1: 1460
0: KXNO. So, Randy, what do you think of the new uniforms?
1: I really don't have a thought on the new uniforms other than the fact that if that's what they want to do, more power to them. It doesn't mean they're going to play better. It doesn't mean um, anything, as far as as far as I'm concerned. Um, if it helps recruiting, bring it on. If it helps bring more fans into the stadium, or if it helps keep Iowa State fans, Iowa State, Lord, the loyal Iowa State fans that they are, bring it on. I don't see anything. You know, I saw that people are criticizing <clears throat> the the black uniforms, you know, and all that stuff.
2: I don't really care. That kind of epitomizes maybe just how far maybe the program has come under Matt Campbell. Because I remember when he first came, it was like, we just want you new new uniforms. We want anything. Just give us something new.
0: Give us something like other than a...
2: Yeah. Something. And then they were like, okay, we're happy. Yes, something new. That's great. That's great. And now they've reached the point where, okay, now they're trying to be picky about what they're getting. So... Um, Yeah, it's kind of crazy how far that part's come. But, you know, hey, to me, it's such an easy thing to do. You've got kids that want it. You've got fans that want it. It's like Randy said, he doesn't care. Matt Campbell's even kind of said, look, he doesn't care. But he understands kids like it. It's easy to do. It's like the walkout song. You can appease and make so many people happy by making this minor change. So we should do it. I and wanna know
1: it. I'm sorry, Tommy. <clears throat> I wanna know is is new is the new uniform are new uniforms as talked about at wherever, I don't care, Michigan, Oregon, Pittsburgh, than well, what it seems to be
0: here. Michigan and Oregon absolutely not because they win.
1: Oh, so this is a this is a distraction then? No, I, some, I, a way to deflect a deflection.
0: I think that when you have tradition, these arbitrary conversations mean less,
2: and that's this where part the part. problem kind of stems for yeah. Iowa State. Like, like there a, isn't any actual tradition when it comes to the football game day experience outside of maybe some minor things, and also. There's not a long tradition of winning either so exactly. it's like, i think okay. it, let's just say in a perfect world they go
0: they win they average nine wins a season the next five years. I don't think these conversations are even being had
1: okay <laughs> i don't i i hope not i think there's, so there's i i just i don't think you can take Because i th- I, don't I don't think, think
0: uniforms should overshadow the team I don't think you can compare who did
1: you say? I don't care. No, or, or I, State, just, I just threw. You I can't just,
0: take a program like Penn State I just, and throw I, Iowa State in the same bowl. I didn't say Penn State, but, but yeah, because whoever, they don't I'm change. Just, you know.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. No, no, no. We're on the same page. Yeah.
0: I just think that it's, it's an apples and oranges deal. And my direct answer to be, you would be no, that, that the conversations don't happen. Just like it, Iowa fans don't talk about uniforms as much as Iowa State fans do, right? Right. Because they're generally more interested in the team. Right. And I think that the more Iowa State wins, it'll kind of turn in that direction.
1: Okay. I yeah we'll I, see. I yeah
0: we've never really seen Iowa State the same winning for too long, exactly. So yeah. maybe that'll yeah. happen over the next couple years. I yeah. hope so. All right, um, be fun. We're going to um, Big Twelve Media Days next week. We'll talk some Big Twelve football next here on fourteen sixty KXNO.
1: Everything you need to know about Iowa State. It's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register, powered by G Megs Fifth Street Pub on fourteen sixty KXNO.
0: All right, uh, Pete and Tommy Birch join me Here is Cyclone Insider. We'll continue until six fifteen. Shawnee Jenks, who did the Cardinals play tonight? My White Sox.
2: Ah, oh, the Sox are they in Chicago? They are in Chicago. Okay, because yeah, I There's remember some win for the Cardinals. Thanks, wow. Tommy. Wow. I know, you know we're Jenks thirty is. and sixty, but still, come on. <laughs> That's your record. Yeah. Hey, we're yeah. not the Royals, at least. <laughs> or the Orioles. That's that should not be your bar. <laughs> and <laughs> and they is only a have twenty five This is a rebuild. It is.
0: It is a rebuild. Um let's uh let's talk some Big Twelve football, guys. I'm uh Tommy you can't make us you make it next week. You're you're on baby watch. It's a yeah. good reason not to be down there. I always like the 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 Big Twelve Media Day 'cause it just it means to me that summer's over, at least for us. Fall camp is right around the corner. And I was telling Ross before the program and Sean Man, I've got so many stories I want to write this year about Iowa State football. It's such a fascinating team as you – excuse me, storyline-wise, as you go into year two, they seem like they were ahead of schedule last year, Randy, getting to a bowl game. and Not necessarily getting to a bowl game, but winning eight games, winning a bowl game. How do you follow that up? I mean, I think that's the number one story about Iowa State football.
1: Yeah. Well, on yeah. A on a macro level. On a, exactly on a macro level. I think yeah. the number one story is where they're, you know, Montgomery, you're just keeping the Montgomery watch. But yeah. And, and Hakeem Butler. But yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And, and how they, how they got to be, got to those eight wins last year is, is the amazing part they got there not only because of offense but the damn defense was pretty good oh yeah fantastic i mean my gosh it was one of the best three or four defenses in the big 12 and what a change that's been from from the past um, you, when i State couldn't stop anybody
2: yeah you i mean i know you've been a a, a mass supporter of Kyle Kempton. and I, I look i love Kyle Kemp too. great kid conference Kyle and, Kemp. and did <laughs> and did a phenomenal job given the situation he's going to he was thrown you next into week. But I'll tell you what, if the defense does not do what they did, uh right. if they don't come up with big stops at Texas Tech, uh hold hold down the ship against TCU, uh do what they did against uh Memphis. I mean the Kyle Kemp story, you are you are going into the offseason with a fan base wanting a different quarterback more than ever. It seems like there already is kind of a tie to Iowa State fans that are thinking, okay, maybe Iowa State has reached its peak with uh with Kyle Kempt. But if the defense did not do what they did and and win those games for Iowa State, the I guess the the storyline or the trajectory of where Iowa State went uh last season is completely different.
1: There's a reason Haycock got the biggest bump.
2: He did a great job. He <laughs> I mean, did a great. Okay.
1: And I and I you guys know I'm the I'm the biggest Kyle Kemp fan in this room. Yeah, you well, yeah, you I are. Mean, and and so um
0: <laughs> I you know I I'm interested this is a big 12 wide deal. I, Haycock really did an incredible thing last year when he figured out a lot of these Right. Big he 12 got outfits. that three that yeah.
1: three man defensive line to work that that Iowa State tinkered with before before this group got there. Yeah. He got it to work with because they got better players and they have better schemes. Yeah,
0: and that's the key. To do that you've got to have the right personnel up front, and Iowa State did with Ray Lima. I am interested to see the the copycat football is such a copycat game. Well all sports is really a copycat world. But you know, I've I've seen a lot of those like the the scouting sites and stuff like that that really think that you 'll see a lot more of those three man fronts in the big twelve this year mimicking what Iowa State did last year, and I think that's really won 't really impact Iowa State because their offense isn't a lot you know Iowa right. State's not doing what TCU's doing or doing what Oklahoma's doing for that matter um, that's, but it, but it will be interesting to see how other offenses adjust to that three man front this year
1: and you mentioned Lima. don 't forget Bailey
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I just I'm saying you yeah. got to have that guy in the middle to run right, the three man. Exactly, front. If you don't yeah. have the guy in the middle, then but right. I, I think their uh, their defensive line is going to be, you know, clearly really good next year. And it, it, it will be interesting to me to see without Joel landing back there. You got to move a few things around on the back end and just how
2: offenses adjust. Yeah, and the good thing about the defenses, I mean, you you talk about you know the the question mark about Joel landing is. There were so many times last season where Joel Lanning had to come out of games and get breathers and um, just kind of rest up to be able to do this Iron Man style football. And Iowa State got um, kind of a taste of what life could be like after Joel Lanning. The good thing is, not only that do you have some people, you you have some guys that you feel comfortable plugging into that spot, but then also that defensive line. Is so good and so talented, and guys like Lima can take up so much room that that made the job so much easier for guys like Joel Lanning that you have to feel good about whoever they're going to plug in. is going. I mean, think yeah. about this whoever is going to replace Joel Lanning has a career full of linebacking experience. So if they can teach Joel Lanning, who had never played linebacker except in eighth grade, to make that transition. They got to be able to teach somebody to fill a shoe, and that
1: junior college kid's going to
0: play a lot. Pete, what do you think is the more most interesting Big Twelve storyline, like of of all the other programs going into it, taking Iowa State out of the equation? Is there anything particular yeah, that pops up the top of, some, of your head?
1: Yeah, I, I suppose there's, it's probably OU. Um, yeah, Lincoln Riley. Yeah.
0: Can you can you back that up? Yeah. Can you? I mean, keep that?
1: is always a it's always a storyline. I think
0: that's where I would go.
1: Yeah. I mean, is, Kansas, is the state of Kansas? Are there going to be two Big Twelve coaches? Are there going to be two Big Twelve programs in the state of Kansas looking for looking for head coaches, or just one? Um, you know, that's 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 pretty significant. To me, as I well. kind
2: of look at maybe West Virginia, where you've had so many well, years. Yeah. There are so many high expectations for them, and you're always like, okay, this is the year that they're really going to break through and not only stay in the top twenty-five, but really make a run in the Big Twelve or really make a run uh, to the football playoffs. And right now they've got a lot of pieces in play and one of the best quarterbacks in the big 12, Wilk Greier. So um, that to me, that's one of the biggest storylines, but I'm, I'm also kind of more intrigued also with Oklahoma because of Kyler Murray. I mean, that's just an insane storyline.
0: It's really cool. Um, He's an electric player. I can't wait to watch him. I, I think, I'm really interested. I think I think West Virginia, like you said, has an outside shot to win the league.
2: I think the and I, other kind of. In, sorry to interrupt you. Kind, kind of, of, of you know when I look at, if if I was bouncing around the room and 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 talking to different coaches, I guess kind of the one guy at the podium. Also, you know, Lincoln Riley, Snyder, those are obviously interesting storylines. But then, you know, Matt Rule when it comes to Baylor, just having to talk about. What a what a crazy season last year was in terms of everything that program went through, but also how it kind of came out. Like, hey, he might be jumping ship already. Say, he wants out of there. Yeah, and I, I, mean, I after one hear, year or two I, years or whatever he's been there, to he wants me, out. To me, that's what I want to know. I want to hear him kind of talk about that and say, kind of. I mean, if, if he if he is not going to get a job someplace else. Big 12 media today, he's got to come out and say, hey, I'm here for the long haul. I'm here to to, to resurrect this program and see it through. We, if he says anything else.
1: And if he says that, everybody's going to laugh at him. Never, I you never
2: know. – got to say it, though. Realize we haven't even
0: mentioned Tom Herman yet.
1: Well, I've, that's what I was just going to bring up, too. I mean, he's always the storyline. I mean, they could finish second.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I think that's interesting, too. It's like how long – if you're a Texas fan, if you're a Texas booster, how long do you give Herman? No, I'm not saying to fire him, but like to to show that he's going to take that step as right? long
1: as it needs, as long as he takes. He's got cachet there.
0: I think okay. so too, and I hope they give him time. But he's recruited well. He has, and he's got a great staff. Yep, and I think that he plays to the fan base too. I Iowa State fans are rolling their eyes right now, but I I think that Texas could could take that step this year not to be a national title contender but to really be a this is the year to do it because the
1: big 12 i don't think is going to be as good as it has been totally agree there's not going to be a college football playoff participant from the big 12 um so yeah this this would be the year for anybody to to um to jump up there iowa state included for guys Uh,
0: i I think it's a big opportunity for iowa state you know with the when you look at a league that's so dominated by quarterbacks throughout the course of its history.
1: And Iowa State's got the second or third best quarterback.
0: It's up for debate.
1: Okay. <laughs> Who's the third best quarterback, then?
0: You've got Greer and Kyler Murray. Thank you. Um, man, the kid from Kansas State? I don't even know his name. But you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, the kid who played – what's his name? Tall
2: kid. I can't he's think he's of his one name of two
1: court. quarterbacks that Snyder's bringing to Dallas. And so he what, might not even play. Snyder's about, starting a quarterback controversy right there.
2: What about Teb Nolan? <laughs> <laughs> that's where I should have said this. A troll, Randy. <laughs> no, that's not
0: who I'm thinking of. That's all right. Uh, we'll, we'll have plenty of time. But, Kansas, next... but
1: Snyder's bringing two quarterbacks. Peterson, we'll have... So he's igniting his own controversy.
0: Next next Sunday night, <laughs> you and me have a date at a barbecue shack drinking Diet Cokes, and we're going to debate. Is that what the name of that place? I don't know was one a place that we place? always go. Yeah, we had those great tacos last year. We got to hit that place up again.
1: No such thing as a great. We're taco. in a different
0: spot. We can't go to the JFK spot anymore. We're not downtown anymore.
1: I know. We're at, we have to take an Uber wherever it, we go. Yeah.
0: Uh, anyways, that's okay. Uh, the listeners don't care about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sure, I, they do. I'm. I'm really the Dallas the, Fort Worth listener. Our Dallas Fort Worth listeners too.
0: <laughs> the 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 damn Bill Snyder conversation just infuriates me every year um the, he he the vampire will not you cannot drive a steak and garlic through that guy <laughs> doesn't matter what you do to him you can always poison roost, his taco bell he i mean the, the man will not die and i don't mean that literally i mean that from a football standpoint um he's in my opinion a top five coach to ever step on the field what he did at kansas state and i give him so much credit but he is absolutely owned the Cyclones throughout the course of his career. I think I did the research. I think he's like seventeen and four lifetime against Iowa State.
2: If you're an Iowa I mean, State fan, don't you want him to stick around so you, you have can to beat him? him?
0: You have to. You have to. Uh, and and I thought it was interesting this week that Vegas put out that he that they are four point favorites. Iowa right. State's an early four point favorite in that game, and it, I mean that's just a, that an Iowa State fan. You you just expect weird stuff to happen when you go back to the Arrowhead games with Austin or You know the missed PAT. I think Grant Mahoney missed that. You not only uh, have
2: yeah. to beat them at home, but eventually you gotta go there and well, win. Well, think,
0: think about the the time Jared Barnett, quarterback. I mean, Not and Klein played out of their minds. Barnett was like a thirty three percent completion percentage in that game. They were bad Kansas State was ranked in the top five, but Iowa State outplayed them. Randy, they got to get over that hurdle. Three this year. Three flags on one series. Yeah, and then last year I didn't even bring it up. <laughs> Take I can't, a knee. Can't handle it. Take a oh, knee. Oh yeah, two years ago <laughs> the twenty one point blowing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that is a cursed game for Iowa State. Right. And that to me, like if I had to circle any game on the season, that that'd be the one.
1: Yeah, that, I agree. Just for that for that Not reason. If I just circle important. any game on the schedule. Any Big 12 game on the schedule. If I'm an Iowa State fan and I'm circling, I'm circling Oklahoma. When's the last time Iowa State's beaten Oklahoma two in a row? I have, it, it may have been five years ago for all. It. No, it hasn't been, but it may be more recent than what I think. But that's, I, fair. that's a, certainly that, a big chance since the game's in Ames. It'll
0: bit, it's at night. Yeah. The it'll nation be like will be a, watching. Exactly. I, I could make an argument too. And I think this was the case last year, although it turned out to be proven wrong. I think the Iowa game is vastly important. You're looking at that's why I that, said yeah. Big Twelve game. Yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, because Iowa State will likely be one and zero in that point. If you could be two and zero going into Oklahoma, man, like just think mm-hmm. about just think about that scenario. And plus, you would, you know, Campbell has yet to beat Iowa, so that would be a big hurdle for sure. him as a yeah. head coach.
1: I, I and that's what those you know we've said this ad nauseum on this show that that that
2: the Iowa State schedule is very front loaded. Who'd have thought he'd beat Oklahoma before he beat Iowa? <laughs> Not me. Yeah.
1: Exactly, so it's 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 we're finally talking about Iowa State fans are finally talking about Iowa State with a positive buzz instead of, oh my gosh can 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 the cyclones just go 500?
0: Is Real Mitchell a top five quarterback in the big 12. This year? <laughs> <laughs> Take a joke, Peterson. <laughs> but seriously, Oh <No.
3: laughs>
0: Cardinals and White Sox are coming up. Uh, Hawk Central will be on the air tomorrow, same time, 5.30 to 6.15 tomorrow night. Thanks to Randy Peterson and Tommy Birch, Shawnee Jenks, handed off to Mike Shannon and the boys in Chicago tonight in the Cardinals Radio Network.